Welcome to the A-Level Politics Show. And today we are going to be talking about socialism. I'm Nick D'Souza, your host, and with me is Matthew Phillips returning to the show. Welcome, Matthew. Good afternoon, Nick. And how are you? How was your summer? Uh, Very good, thank you. And yours? Very good. What socialist things did you get up to this summer? What socialist things? I went to the Eden Project. Fantastic. Um, I guess it's quite socialist. It's about concern and about other people and common humanity, I guess. Absolutely. Now, if I was to say what capitalistic things did you get up to, I think it'd be a bit easier to say. I bought a latte. Sure. Eden Project. Yeah. Except for a profit, I guess. Well, you could say that. Yeah, absolutely. Shall we get on with the show? Because no one's interested in this, are they? I'm interested in it. You are. (laughs) Well, fans of the show, you're going to be even more interested after the break because when we come back, we're going to be talking about the means and the ends of socialism. To what extent do socialists agree on the means and the ends? So stand by. So before we get going with this question, uh, we need a definition. Um, Matthew, what are the ends and what are the means? How do we define them? So the ends is the goals that different socialists wish to achieve. And the uh, means is the methods that they're going to use to try and achieve those goals. So my goal is to have really good teeth, right? I want really good teeth. Uh, What's the means? Brushing your teeth. Brushing my teeth, right? That's the method by which I achieve my end, which is to have really good teeth. Flossing your teeth. Flossing. Which nobody does. No, 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 they don't. I went to the dentist. They kept telling me off about flossing. I was saying, yes, 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 just to get out of there. Shall we get on with the show? Yeah, I'm just pleased that you agree that nobody broke their flushes. I thought it was just me. Yeah. There you go. Everyone now thinks we've got really bad breath. Probably. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on then. Um, We're going to start at the end. What do socialists want? And do they agree about what they want? Now, for the sake of argument, Matthew, you are going to take the role of socialists all agree on the ends, on on what they want. So do you want to argue your case? So uh, starting off with the ends then, all socialists believe that Um, the state should target an underclass, the neediest in society. Um, They're worried about unchecked capitalism, the fact that they believe in foundational equality, that everyone is equal from birth. Um, And so because capitalism leads to um, hierarchies, some people with more, some people with less, some people with more money, some people with less money, some people with property, some people without property, Um, that at the very least there should be a quality of opportunity. There will be some disagreement about that. Um, And what the state needs to do is to invest in things like education uh, and invest in people to try and redistribute wealth uh, and try and break down the different classes um, the proletariat, the workers, the people who have to work for to, to survive, and the people who are the bourgeoisie who essentially don't work to survive. They are the owners of the means of production. Um, and some people will use those, those words, some people will use different words, but by and large, they're all worried about um, equality and differences between people, usually because of uh, capitalism and the, the 
problems it brings. So they all largely agree on equality and egalitarianism. Um, they might have a different skew. So fundamental socialists believe on equality of outcomes, so absolute equality. Social democrats believe in welfare equality. We all have um, a health service. We should all be able to use it regardless of our income. And like you were saying, the third way socialists believe in equality of opportunity. So, for example, helping college students uh, uh, with their you know, funding for textbooks or, or, or things like that um, so that they can get to college and, and, and so on. Um, and so that, that there, is, there, is a, there is a similarity that you need some form of, of equality, isn't there? Um, what, so you mentioned capitalism. Um, they all recognise the flaws in capitalism, don't they? They all see that capitalism impacts individuals uh, and creates these classes that are um, artificial, that don't need to exist, um, and that capitalism is wasteful as well. And I guess, going back to her introduction, because it is so wasteful, it impacts things like our environment, so that's why you see socialists today talking a lot about the importance of climate change because capitalism is so wasteful it's created plastics that go into the sea um, it's created situations where there's pollution that impacts um, poorer people more than the uh, wealthier people who can avoid polluting or highly polluted areas in London for example so they are worried about what capitalism is doing um, economically but also to society as well um, and even some of those more moderate strands of socialism, so social democrats, for example, um, Anthony Crosland, who's associated with social democracy, sort of um, has kind of accepted that capitalism has some benefits. So while socialists are all sceptical of capitalism in some or varying degrees, there's also some acceptance by social democrats of, of capitalism and that links in with the third way socialists like Anthony Giddens who rejects nationalisation so you kind of have um, you have Anthony Crosland suggesting a mixed economy you have Anthony Crosland so, uh, you know really focusing on entrepreneurship and actually there's not an awful, awful lot of difference there they accept uh, that capitalism uh, in some way needs to exist. So those particular two strands might be united in, in not wanting to abolish capitalism in some ways. And I think surprisingly, Marx and Engels would also argue that although their goal would be absolute equality, um, there is going to be some level of inequality. Even when they're talking about absolute equality, right. they would be distributing rewards based on contribution. Uh, so even there'll be an element of inequality there then because some people will contribute more than others. Um, but that inequality will be much less than what you would have under a capitalist system um, where you've got the really wealthy and the people who have next to nothing and you know, the people that end up homeless, for example. So overall then, we, we have some similarities there, don't we? There, there, there are similarities on a belief in equality. They might have varying views on, on how much quality um, and there there is some coalescence around the idea that capitalism if left unchecked does harmful things um, 
Great. So um, we, after the break, after the jingles, we're going to be looking at the differences when it comes to the ends, when it comes to what their goals are. So see you after. Right, so we have established that there are similarities in some ways over the ends. Some socialists or lots of socialists believe in equality um, and are sceptical of capitalism. However, the agreement on the ends between social democrats and the third way should not be exaggerated. The third way support essentially free market neoliberal approaches to the economy. This strand advocates meritocracy not redistribution of wealth, as advocated by Crosland, who would not have accepted so readily, I think, the increase in inequality under New Labour. He would not have liked Mandelson's idea that it's okay for some people to be filthy rich uh, so long as they pay their taxes. Um, Giddens rejects the idea of social engineering that equality of outcome entails. Um, so while later Social Democrats might have accepted a mixed economy, they would have been wary, I think, of large-scale public-private partnerships as advocated by the Blair government, things like PPP, um, getting private companies to build hospitals and then leasing them back to the public sector. I don't think Social Democrats like Crosland would have accepted that. In fact, they didn't accept it. Um, the third way also envisages a more limited welfare state, and a kind of carrot and stick approach to benefits. So, um, you know, you, you get your benefits taken away if you're not found to be uh, looking for a job, for example. Again, that's something that social democrats uh, would not accept. They would say that there should be absolute welfare equality, and that's why you have the Attlee government saying there's going to be things like um, uh, minimum payments to all families for uh, child benefit and so on. Um, I would say the third way places greater emphasis on social responsibility, whereas social democrats place greater emphasis on the responsibility of the state to provide uh, social rights to or social justice to uh, to citizens. And some have argued that the third way, through its abandoning of social equality, um, is is not truly socialist actually. Um, uh, and that's actually, if you if you argue it that way, if you say, well, the third way loves all the things that Thatcher introduced maybe the third way isn't socialist and so therefore actually if you look at the remaining strands the fundamentalist revolutionary socialists like marx and engels and the social democrats then actually the difference between them in terms of the ends what the, the goal is, is not hugely different when you take giddens um out of out of the equation um, anything else to, to add on on that particular bit um i think what we see, though, is that in all of those different strands, they're all concerned about the impact of capitalism. They're all wanting to at least reduce inequality, at most almost eradicate or eliminate inequality. So you still see that broadly they have the same goal or end. Um, it's just about, I guess, how active the state will be in doing that. Absolutely. Well, shall we move on to the methods, the, the brushing the teeth, the flossing? Sure. OK, I think we're all going to be cleaning our teeth uh, a little bit longer tonight. Here we go. Right, so sort of focusing on those, those, those means, those methods, um, we talked about Tony Blair um, and social 
Democrats and, and third way socialists like Tony Blair and, and Giddens, they all support what Webb would call the parliamentary route, the parliamentary road, um, that actually you could have socialism introduced by peaceful means. Um, I think Beatrice Webb called it the inevitability of gradualness. And this is something perhaps that socialists now have accepted. Um, that yeah. And even people like Marx and Engels would have argued that, and Rosa Luxemburg would have argued that, of course, bringing about this change by peaceful means would be ideal. That's what they would like. Um, but they think it's too uh, naive to think that the people, the bourgeoisie, the people who have power, would give up that power willingly um, without a fight, without violence. And that's why they reluctantly um, support the idea that there will be a violent revolution to, to take away the power um, from the, the bourgeoisie. Now, so in that sense, there, there, there's similarities in that they don't really want this. They just think that's going to happen. Mm. Um, a bit like uh, Webb sort of really playing down the idea of class conflict, um, suggesting inclusivity, uh, convincing the middle class that it was in their interest to accept socialism. And, of course, Blair was middle class, appealed to middle England. So you see Webb, uh, uh, you know, someone who was a critic of the revolutionary road um, but wanted socialism sharing something in common with the third way there that kind of we're all about saying to middle-class people we're not against you um and i think i said that in a kind of tony blair kind of way didn't i with the hand gestures with the hand gestures if you can see this folks um and of course my gleaming white teeth like tony blair yeah. um, i bet he flops. this is very much for uh, a podcast the hand gestures yeah yeah, absolutely. You can all I mean, census at home. Gives it more power, doesn't it, um, when you can't see it. Um, so, as you said, all socialists believe that humans are sociable. Um, um, and, and therefore, in a way, if they're all sociable and malleable and open to change, they don't need to revolt. They don't need to rise up because they're all going to be friendly with each other. Um, and um, and there are perhaps other methods uh, that come in. Um, if, if we look at um, Anthony Croslin... Um, he was arguing that, you know, if we go on to the economy, he was arguing that capitalism could be managed rather than overthrown. So again, we start to see socialism or socialists moving away from this idea that we have to completely abolish the system that we've got. Actually, what we need to do is make better the systems we've got so we can produce greater social equality or, or social justice. Um, and perhaps, you know, social, social democrats really emphasise welfare. Um, and they are associated with the Attlee government that introduced the welfare state. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, it's not like the third way are saying we need to get rid of all welfare. They are just simply saying we need to reform welfare. So they have different methods, perhaps, of getting to where they want to be. Um, OK, so anything else on, on the similarities, on, on, on the means? Um, I think just... The last point is that all of this is about capitalism and, and how um, there needs to be at least some change to how capitalism is working um, and how that impacts society. So um, as all humans are products of our environment, it's crucial that at least in some way capitalism is changed um, because capitalism 
impacts the media, capitalism impacts politics, religion, it impacts the laws that are made. Um, and so if capitalism is changed, and that's what all socialists agree with, then you'll see um, our whole society, the media, will change as well with it. And, and that will bring about an end of this wasteful mm. um, society that we live in. We'll be moving away from ideas like a meritocracy, moving away from ideas like competition and, and selfishness, and be uh, more willing to be more cooperative and believe in this uh, common humanity, that there are th things that link us all together. And so from that we get revolutionary approaches that have been increasingly discredited and unpopular in the 20th century, seen as too violent, leading to dictatorship, leading to misery. Um, I mean, even revolutionary socialists like Rosa Luxemburg opposed Lenin and Stalin and their sort of state-led uh, communism. Um, and that's why she would say that what you need is people banding together in a mass strike instead. Um, now, while she is different because she's still, that is some form of revolution, um, you, 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 you see that they are trying to look for other routes beyond tyranny uh, mm. to achieve that. Um, and, and that's perhaps uh, why we get more socialists coalescing around you know, more peaceful means to, to achieve uh, what they want. And um, it's worth saying that all socialists, they would reject what Stalin's Russia was like, um, mostly because they, they see that the state has become too powerful there. Um, Marx and Engels would want the state to wither and die away eventually, uh, and that was never going to happen under Stalin and the Soviet leaders that came after um, the violence that was there and the inequalities that were there as well. So they wouldn't recognise Soviet Russia as a socialist regime. That's interesting, isn't it? So that, you know, that the poster child of, of, com of, of communism mm. um, to socialists is not true communism. And, and all socialists would say that. Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, um, after the break, we're going to come back and look at the differences when it comes to uh, methods and means of achieving socialism amongst socialists. So um, hold your horses, folks. We'll be right back. Yeah, there are, of course, differences uh, when it comes to the means, as there are differences over the ends. Uh, revolutionary socialists believe in the destruction of all state institutions and the replacement of them with something completely different. Now, we have talked earlier, of course, about how they are a dwindling uh, band of, of, of comrades, if you like. Um, but they tend to believe this because they believe in something called historical materialism, uh, that those in charge of the economic base dictate the culture and politics of the time. And they also believe in Marxist dialectic, uh, that ultimately inequality will lead inevitably to conflict and then change. And they would point to capitalism as the root cause of inequality and therefore must be overthrown. So that is why uh, Marx and Engels envisaged the overthrowing of the bourgeoisie by the proletariat. Uh, and as you were saying, the state would then wither away and would lead to the temporary dictatorship of the, the, the proletariat. Um, and to Marx, this approach, overthrowing extreme injustices um, and starting again, was inevitable. 
and a natural and scientific conclusion to the history of humankind. Now, what I've just talked to you there is all about revolutionary socialists and what they see will happen, has to happen for socialism to be realised. But we have to then compare that with the evolutionary socialists, those who believe in uh, gradualness, um, uh, those who advocate social democracy, for example, uh, believe that the state should be used to make gradual social reforms. And part of these approaches can be explained by the time in which revolutionary socialists were writing. Um, the lack of working class and female suffrage in the 19th century led to those like Marx and Engels concluding that the ballot box was not an option. Um, but as those groups I just mentioned, the working classes and women, were added to the electorate, you had people like Beatrice Webb, uh, just before uh, women were given the right to vote, arguing that maybe that was the route, the ballot box was the route. If we put women on the electoral roll, if we put working classes on the electoral roll, um, then actually you can achieve the same goals because all those people will outnumber uh, the bourgeoisie. Uh, so therefore there, there are differences in, a, in approach then. So what is our overall conclusion? Do they agree on the means? Do they agree on the ends? What, what do you think, Matthew? So, so far we've talked about Engels, Marx, Luxembourg, Webb, all of those are in agreement that capitalism needs to be overthrown. Um, they're all on the same wavelength when it comes to the, I guess, the, the ends there. Um, it's just their means are very, very different in Luxembourg. Marx and Engels were arguing for this revolutionary, probably violent um, revolution, whereas Webb was arguing for um, the parliamentary route, this gradualism um, to eventually reach the peaceful change, the end of capitalism that she also wanted. Right, so in a way, I think we can maybe surmise that when it comes to methods of achieving socialism, with the demise of the kind of revolutionary approach, that most socialists are in agreement. But when it comes to the ends... Um, there are still those democratic socialists, we'd, we'd call them, I suppose, that believe actually that capitalism needs to be abolished, albeit gradually. Yeah. Um, people like Beatrice Webb would suggest that. And um, so I, there's perhaps greater differences there on the, on, on the ends. Yeah. And Beatrice Webb would argue that a revolution is only going to make, is only going to make things worse. Right. So capitalism has made things intolerably bad a violent revolution is only going to make things even worse because she wants this common humanity. She wants um, everyone to cooperate. Um, and they can be guided back to that position gradually. Um, but they're not going to do that if there's a violent revolution. People aren't going to come together. Um, if there's been a violent revolution, that's not going to happen. Right. So, after the break, I think we're going to be talking a little bit about tips and tricks for these sorts of questions. Okay, so, um, see you then. Now, for this tips section, we're going to try something a bit different, a bit of a competition. Um, it's basically which person, myself or Matthew can throw out the most number of tips. Um, and whoever has the most number of tips at the end is the winner. This is exciting, folks. Are you ready, Matthew? 
I think so. Right, I'm going to let you go first. You can do more than one or two. I can just butt in whenever I feel like it. That's the rules. On your marks, get set, go. So the first one is you want to mention two key thinkers. I just told you that one off air. Well, you see an open goal, you've got to use it. So you've got to mention Karl Marx, Beatrice Webb, Rosa Luxemburg, Anthony Crosland, Anthony Giddens, any two of those five. You can talk about others, but those are the five you want to focus on. Great, and of course, um, what you mentioned there, um, you would notice throughout this podcast, I think we've mentioned all five of those quite often. Um, So that's really important. Right, my turn. Um, What you've got to do is not forget the differences not forget the similarities you've got to include similarities and differences and I think the best way to do that is to uh, show the similarities and differences in every paragraph Um, so you know and that might mean your paragraphs get quite chunky but that means you're showing similarities and differences all the way um, throughout so that's my tip so it's one all at the moment Matthew over to you I think that's a really important point thanks that (laughs) I'm not trying to be patronising Um, is that you mustn't forget about the areas of agreement. Those are the areas that are usually... You're not going to get a mark for that. I've just literally said that. You're saying exactly the same thing. But like any good point, (laughs) you take what the previous person has said and you you build on it. Yeah. Try again. No, I'm not going to give you a point (laughs) for that. Okay. So um, what you want to do is to help you with thinking about areas of agreement and disagreement is to always focus on the core ideas and principles So for socialism, those are collectivism, the idea that what we can do together is better or more than what we can do as individuals. So that's one way in which they disagree with liberals. Common humanity, that um, we are sociable creatures, uh, that we we all have these similarities um, and that our behavior is socially determined. It's determined by capitalism. Um, They also believe in equality. They all believe in fundamental equality, that from birth we're all the same, so it's a similarity with liberalism. They all believe in social class, to greater or lesser extents. They believe that class is something that's a real problem, Um, and that is class is governed by your economic status or maybe your your job. And lastly, they all have something to say about workers' control or nationalisation and how much the state should control the economy. Um, I think that's that's a good point. So those key terms, I'm not trying, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you the point. I just want to make that clear. You're taking what I'm saying and you're I'm building, building on it. it, but I'm not going to get a point for it. I'm just building on it because I care about the people listening to the show. Okay. Um, so we should see those key terms, those key beliefs in your essays. We should see those key words um, um, in there. Um, Okay, so that makes it 2-1 to you, I think. Um, My um, point um, would be um, that you need a line of argument, you need to stick to it. So right at the start, I think we need to know, do they agree on ends? Do they agree on means? Um, And you need the word extent in your direction, in your initial judgment. Um, The whole point of a politics essay, the way you get um, marks, is not just about showing knowledge, um, and it's not just about showing similarities and differences in ideologies, although that is a major part of it. Um, It's also about telling us what you think and why you think it. So spell that out right at the beginning of your essay and then go and prove it. So if it was my essay, I'd be saying something like, um, 
socialists largely agree on the means, um, but um, are more divided uh, to an extent over the ends of socialism. That would be my argument. You could be totally different as long as you go and prove it uh, throughout. So give a clear direction um, at the start. That's two all. So right now I'm gonna I'm gonna give a buzz noise like buzz. It's gonna go buzz, and that means that we after that point we all have one of the first person to chip in with a tip wins the game. Ready? You ready, Matthew? Yeah. On your marks, get set, bzz. So I think what you need to do, you need to start with strands and then develop from that strand. So don't start with a key thinker. Don't start your paragraphs with a key thinker because it's then difficult to compare and contrast. You want to start with a strand. Social democracy, third way, um, fundamental socialism. Yeah, we could use the word strand or you could use the word faction. Yeah. Um, and then use your key thinkers like you would an example in another part of the course. And that's fantastic. You, you have one, three, two. What I would just simply say there is never have one paragraph with just one strand in it. Otherwise, you're not comparing with another strand and therefore you're not uh, really comparing. You're not getting marks for analysis. Um, so you've won that one, Matthew. I'm going to come back next time and, um, and beat you. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed this show. Um, and we will be back next time um, to discuss something. We're not sure what yet. Thanks very much, Matthew. I'm nodding. That's not good for podcasts. No. Um, it's been a pleasure to be here. Great. See you next time, folks.